Hell yes, I want something just like this. That is a special message going out to my man, Sean Murray, hitting homer after homer. Hello, 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 and welcome to uh, episode 128 of Black Sky Legion. We're space pirates, April 15th, 2022. My name is Kai Zen, and I will be your host on this madness. Uh, let's first start off with the fact that uh, I am drinking a Boulevard Brewing Company bourbon barrel quad barrel aged beer, and this is uh, legit. It's like 13% ABV. It's good stuff. Very tasty. That's with my right hand. With my left hand, double barrel, baby. We got some 6 and 20 Carolina Roja whiskey. Aged in sherry barrels, because that's what space pirates drink. I want to uh, give a shout-out to some of the people sounding off in the live chat. We love you all. 
Hello, hello to Wolf Dragon, Load 200, Wintermute, my man. Uh, Jay, hey brother, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm loving your comments in the in various channels. You know what I'm talking about. Crazy Shack 48, hey brother. Tweak 74, we got Panda the Gray, uh, Simon, Simon Aguilero, uh, Elix, uh, Shadow Wyvern over on Twitch chat. We got Elix again over there We on Twitch. We got Lady Raincloud on Twitch. There you go. Jay says, great opening tune. I, I, I'm glad you liked it. It's good stuff. Like I said, that was dedicated to my man, Sean Murray. We got Kaiser Solo 76, Winter Mute, uh, Bowl of Spaghetti and Ice Cold Space Coke. All right. There you go. There you go. Uh, now I want spaghetti. God damn it. Oh, we got weird new red Cokes that nobody can figure out what they taste like. Those are fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Axe. We got Abyss in Ab Abyss 1N, 14N. We got B-Trax. Hell yes. We need some Ice Pirates. Fuck yes, we do. And Twitch on Twitch, we got Backup and Bad Ash JL. Absolutely. All right. We've covered me. Why don't we go to uh, my main man, the tactician, Tweak74. What are you drinking tonight, and how are you doing? Say hello to the beautiful people. Hello, everybody out there. Hope you all had a good week. Probably a better week than me, as I'm finally on the mend from being sick all week long. I, as always, have a cup of coffee and then a nice cold Canada dry ginger ale because, well, it's been that kind of week. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And we've got my XO. We've got Wolf Dragon. Say hello to the beautiful people. Tell them what you're drinking. Hey, hey, everyone. Glad you can join us this fine Friday evening. Uh, I have gin because well, gin. we're celebrating, and gin is a celebratory drink for me. Hell yeah, gin. Because gin. Yes, yes. All right. And we also have Lady Raincloud. Say hello to the beautiful people. Hello, beautiful people. There you go. What you drinking tonight? I am drinking some Jose Cuerfo. Nice. Strawberry lime margarita at like 14%. So, you know. Nice, nice, nice. I'm and ready to have some fun. Hell yeah. And Elix, what you drinking tonight? Hello, everybody. I got me a glass of Foxheart from Forty Creek. It's Canadian whiskey infused with Caribbean rum. Because uh, just like other things... You add a little bit of pirate into something, and it just tastes that much better. Hell yes. Hell yes. Our opening song tonight was Something Just Like This by Scary Pockets featuring the beautiful and talented India Carney. Link is in the show notes. Go check them out. Fantastic band. They always do great stuff, and I love highlighting them every chance we get. So check it out. Tonight, we'll be talking to you some real talk about Russia and the ISS. We're going to talk Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I'm hyped. We're going to talk Nomansky, the Outlaws update. Star Citizen, weekly development news. There's a lot to catch. And Elite Dangerous, weekly development disappointment. All this and more, so stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Black Sky Legion. 
and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash blackskylegion. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash blackskylegion. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at blackskylegion at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Black Sky Legion Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash BSL Discord, where you can check out community feedback, resources on Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, and No Man's Sky, and get real-time updates from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week. As well as anything else you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. We record live every Friday night at 8pm Eastern, midnight UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. And most importantly, tell your friends about the show. You're listening to the Black Sky Legion! Subscribe if you want! Who fucking cares? Goddamn right, Burger Ant. You're listening to the Black Sky Legion. Subscribe if you want. Who fucking cares? Side note, we haven't played that whole fucking little plugs thing in a while. Does Is it just me or does Wolf sound like he's like 12 on that thing? Dude, you don't even want to know the problems I have going to a goddamn drive through window. Goddamn. All right. All right. So uh, let's get on with it. Let's start off with some real talk about Russia and the ISS. Now, first off, let me just state. We don't do politics on this show we don't do it on the show we don't do it on the channel we're not politics but we do space and sometimes space touches upon politics and when that happens fuck it we go with it we talk about it here's what it is with regard to russia and the iss um i don't know if you guys might have heard but russia has committed a slight little faux pas recently by you know mass murdering and raping their neighbors and whatnot. Uh, As a result, there's strained relationships right now between Russia and pretty much everybody that's not Belarus uh, and China, even though China's kind of pissed on them low-key, but whatever. Uh, So as a result, there's some stuff that's going on. Now, first off, for those of you who don't know, uh, America has, you know, phased out our shuttles and we had phased out the Delta rockets that were the last ones used. And of the big rockets, the old school, big, big rockets, you had the, what do you call it? The Saturn V that was phased out a while back, but, um, we don't currently as a government have anything that goes up to the ISS. In fact, shamefully, NASA has been recently buying even its engines from Russia. Uh, Right now, if you were to say, hey, I need to get up to the ISS or I need to go to the moon or I need to whatever, there's basically 
three entities that can do it. America is not one of them at the moment. There is Russia with the Soyuz craft that they take off from Baikonur Cosmodrome. There is China with the Long March 5 rockets that take off from that place, what I can't pronounce. And there is Elon Musk, a private citizen, SpaceX, basically, with the uh, Falcon Heavy that would be taking off from Cape Canaveral. Uh, So there's that. Currently, the Russian space program is in absolute freefall. They are um, kind of, how do I say this? Uh, I mean, they're they're just sort of gutting their space program, their equivalent to uh, NASA, as they just spend more and more money on sort of like siphoning money into private hands and also spending money on instruments of war to use to murder their neighbors and uh and or keep their populace subdued um how does this affect the iss well Recently, we've been using, we want to say we, I mean America, NASA, has been using the Russians, Soyuz craft and rockets uh, and uh, Baikonur Cosmodrome to launch stuff to go up to the ISS and whatnot. And we're not on speaking terms with Russia just at the moment. Now, the ISS is made up by a group of partners. Uh, America is one partner. Canada is one partner. The ESA, the European Space Agency, which is an amalgamation of European nations uh, working together on space, is one partner. Japan is one partner. And Russia is one partner. There are five partners in the ISS. America, Canada, Japan, and the ESA have all done their maintenance to keep the ISS, uh, like, commissioned up to the year 2028. The plan is somewhere between around 2028, the five partners would get together and have a discussion to... Mm, basically like decide when they're going to decommission the ISS. The ISS has to go. It's number one, been struck by micrometeors and had wear and tear and whatever. And number two, like just for safety issues, you can only, this is not like a building or whatever where it's like, we can keep it for forever. If we just, whatever, maintain it. Like, no, eventually it has to go. And somewhere between 2030 and 2035, are the best estimates on when it would have to go just because no matter what you do, you can't maintain it forever. It has to go. But America, Canada, Japan, and Europe have all kept up with their maintenance responsibilities up to the year 2028, which gets us a really 
good way into the future. We, we're, we're whatever. Russia has defaulted. Russia has not uh, taken care of its stuff past the year 2023. Now, being that there's only three entities that can launch us to the ISS right now, those entities being Russia, who we're not talking to, and they defaulted anyways, that's the problem, China, who will not help us with the ISS, they've already stated they intend to supplant us with their own space station and they will have nothing to do with us with regard to space, and Elon Musk. So, one of these things is not like the others. One of these things we can actually work with, and that's Elon Musk. So, as we stand now, NASA, which is massively risk-averse, is delayed on their SLS program. And I want, so just for those listeners who don't know, a member of our cast, Wolf Dragon, is an actual engineer who actually worked at NASA for years. Currently, he doesn't. He works for the Navy doing stuff that we're not going to talk about. But he previously was a NASA engineer working at NASA on getting their shit you know, whatever. And so he has a unique perspective as an insider as to what's going on. NASA is massively risk averse. They over-engineer everything. They go way too slow on creating anything. And the reason why they do that is they know that if they make any mistake at all, their boss, which is the United States Congress, will use it as an opportunity to basically just gut them forever. So... They over-engineer and are overly conservative and are overly risk-averse on everything. They do all of their work on through, through contractors that are approved by Congress, which are a bunch of fucking criminals. And as a result, we end up with contracts going out to Boeing and other private contractors who basically rob us blind fucking constantly as a result the sls which is over-engineered way over budget way past their fucking every deadline they've ever had and are just absolutely bloated and useless the sls is delayed again after many 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 times being delayed the point that I'm making, and I especially want you to hop in on this, Wolf, but everybody else as well. <clears throat> the point that I'm making is, thank fucking God for Elon Musk and SpaceX. Because <clears throat> that, if anything, is going to be what happens. The United States government is going to pay up. Elon and SpaceX are going to get the tech, and we're going to save the ISS. I could be dead wrong, but I believe we're going to save the ISS. But it needs to be called out. Russia has defaulted and has put us in a mess, and Elon is going to come to the rescue. Having set the table, I'm going to turn it over to Wolf, and then everybody else chime in. Let's go. Yeah, it's um, it's always an interesting state of affairs being able to to look back um, as somebody who's seen behind that particular curtain um, and look at the two designs that I mean, that right now they're sitting on 
opposite pads from each other. Oh, yeah. Down at Lodge Complex 39. It's a beautiful picture. You saw that picture? Yeah, it, I love that picture. But it... it <sighs> the problem is, is that back in the early days, NASA was the one who's going out and, hey, we need to make a new thing that we've never had before and mm -hmm. we got to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes shit blew up during testing. Sometimes. Which, by the way, is when you want <coughs> it to blow up, not when it's, you know, done, man-rated, and there's people on it. Yes. That's um, what I was, was going to say. 100% agree. You want to throw shit at the wall and see if it works when there's no humans on it. 100%. Which, this is the design cycle that SpaceX is going through because they're they're reinventing the wheel basically. Yep. Whereas when you look over at the Artemis program, I see two shuttle boosters and an extended shuttle tank with an Apollo capsule sitting on top of it. Have I ever Why? seen that before? <laughs> Why? Because those are all designs that they know will work because even in them. their process of coming up with something they are that risk adverse. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the reason is because they're answerable to Congress, and Congress doesn't know their head from a fucking hole in the ground. Um, you, you, can't, you can't brief a senator on why the thing that's never been tried before blew the fuck up because, well, we were trying to see whether or not it was going to blow the fuck up. Meanwhile— and when it does blow up, they get mad because you wasted our money. Meanwhile, NASA—sorry, SpaceX— Blew up a ton of shit, and they were like, hey, we're going to try 10 things. We're going to throw it at the wall. Not with people on it, but we're going to try things without people on it. And then when we get it to work, like, we're going to fucking rock and roll. That is what you need. You need people who are incredibly risk-averse when there's human life at, at stake and are incredibly aggressive and pushing the bounds when there's not. Chime in for a second. Sure. Right ahead. So... First things first, I think people that are concerned are, how do I put this? I think everybody's overreacting. Why do I think that? Well, because on the, was it the 8th of this month, we made history with a Falcon 9 Block 5 launch vehicle launching from Kennedy Space Center at Launch Complex 39 Alpha, which is the launch complex that NASA leases to SpaceX. Mm-hmm. And SpaceX's rideshare program launched three private citizens that paid $55 million apiece for a seat on the Axiom-1 mission to the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. That mission was a complete success, including the Block 5 launch vehicle going up into space, turning around, and landing in the middle of the ocean on a remote-controlled autonomous drone ship. That specific booster had landed six times... And so we're seeing a situation in which a Falcon 9 launch vehicle can launch and be recovered six times. Actually, wait. Let me hop in real quick. Yeah. The record for a Falcon 9 reuse is 12 times. Yes. But that, that one was booster, six. Yeah, yeah. This one was six, yeah. Yep. So we've seen, for the first time in history, NASA leasing to a private entity who built the rocket and built the, the, the spacecraft, the Crew Dragon Endeavor, who then launched private citizens to the International Space Station, mm -hmm. and the mission was a complete success, and we landed a fucking rocket mm -hmm. on an autonomous drone ship in the ocean for the sixth 
time. Mm -hmm. Now, why is this also important for the Axiom mission? Well, the Axiom mission being a complete and total success is important because the stated goal of the Axiom mission is 10, they're doing 10 total experiments over a total of 10 days. Axiom states that their goal is to have commercial space stations in orbit for less than half the cost of maintaining the International Space Station at $1.1 billion a year. Mm -hmm. They now believe that commercial low-orbit tourism is low-hanging fruit, and they want to build a space station privately. And part of that, actually, so they, there's already a contract involved that their Axiom is going to have a module attached to the ISS where they're going to be making movies. They've already signed the deal yep. with the for the first movie with, I forget, Fox or Paramount, whatever. It's going to be a Tom movie Cruise is going to be in it. shot in zero-G on the space mm -hmm. station starring Tom Cruise. They basically are going to give them one sort of, like, like room, like the size of, like, you know, like my bedroom or whatever, that's going to be basically a 100% green screen all the way around with the exception of a window that shoots out into actual space. And they're going to use that, you know, the green, the window will have a green screen that they can like shutter, like a shutter that they can pull down. But they're basically going to use that to film movies in full on real weightlessness, which is amazeballs. The other the, the the last bit that I want to I want to cover about why this is important and again you know we never talk politics on the show people know my politics I fucking hate billionaires and capitalism sucks ass but, but. in this regard they're mentioning that it's thirty thousand dollars a day mm. right to to be up there is is the cost and a ten million dollar charge to send people up mm. if millionaires and billionaires want to blow billions of dollars to go up to space so that NASA gets more funding to do actual science and space travel and stuff like that. Fantastic. I don't think we have anything to worry about because the Axiom 1 mission was a historic mission that was flawless. It was a complete success, barring the fact that they haven't come back down yet. You know, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, Hopefully but they nothing. will. They'll be fine. They but, will. But, They'll be fine. But that's the point that I'm making. What the point that I'm making is, imagine for a moment, if you want to say, like, billionaires suck. Okay, fine. Take Elon Musk out of the equation. The International Space Station is going to have to be decommissioned next year, next year, unless someone, someone can get the Russia's portion of the maintenance obligations resolved now currently there are three options let's take elon out of the equation and say spacex doesn't exist those options are russia who we're not talking to and china who's not talking to us that's the entire point that I'm making. I'm not saying the ISS is doomed. I'm saying the ISS is saved thanks to SpaceX. Anybody else before we close out this topic? Nope. I'm just hoping that something happens because as proven with the shuttle being sundown before we had our own 
good launch capability in our back pocket, uh, it's not going to be great for any research or whatever that needs to be done in microgravity if we don't have a replacement up there and my response the, the ISS comes down. And my response to that is, thank fucking God for SpaceX. All right, let's move it on. Next topic, we've got thing a week. I told you guys last week, we're going to start with thing a week. We're going to talk about a cool thing in the space genre every fucking week. Last week, we covered Kerbal Space Program 2, which is amazeballs. I want to stop because uh, a, a part of our show, Lady Raincloud, she, she was sick last week. Like, like, like deathly ill. Like I'm unconscious now. She popped in like two hours before and was like, guys, I can't make it. And then I was, we were like, oh <laughs> shit, go to bed. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, but go to bed. She was like deathbed ill last week. But Lady Raincloud actually worked on Kerbal Space Program 1. She was part of the community yes. team or lead whatever of the community team. So I want to take a moment just real quick before we hop into the Star Trek thing and and put the spotlight on her and say, Lady Raincloud, you, you know, I mean, obviously you saw the video. You're the one who contacted me with that video about KSP2, the interstellar stuff. Let's give you yeah. a minute to just your thoughts on all of that. Hey, working on Kerbal Space Program was the beginning and the highlight of my career in the games industry. And I was community manager. I was a quality assurance lead, um, ran the experimental testing team and also ran our, quote, media team and things like that with a very good friend of mine, James Caparian, otherwise known as Cap uh, Captain Skunky, um, or Rocket Santa, as we called him. Um, and I, I made a lot of friends on that team and got to travel to Mexico and things like that. Kerbal Space Program gave me my start in the games industry. And seeing KSP2 and seeing this team now pushing forward to take feature parity with where KSP-1 has ended and to move it even further beyond mm. and to do stuff that we did first. Remember, KSP had seamless space-to-ground transition mm. a decade ago, mm. right? And I know how that technology was built. I was friends with Mike Geelan, otherwise known as Moo, who was the gentleman that built the procedural quad tree sphere system to do that tech in unity with, you know, 64-bit double floating point precision, etc. KSP2 looks brilliant. It looks amazing. I'm going to be playing the hell out of it. I am also very much curious because the way they're talking about it, I don't think it's just Kerbal the Kerbaler system and one more star. No, it's multiple. They said I very clearly. I think they built the galaxy. Yeah, they did. They said very clearly it's multiple. And again, how you said KSP was groundbreaking 10 years ago in making a seamless transition from planet side to space. KSB, KSB2 <laughs> is groundbreaking in, you know, here's the deal. Elite Dangerous, you want to jump from star to star, there's a load screen. Star Citizen, you want to jump from star to star, it's not a load screen, but like kind of ish. It's a, it's you the jump loading through. loading screen is you, waiting you, for it to you actually jump get through a portal to go from one star mm -hmm. to another. KSP2, you want to go from one star to another? They're like, hey, from this star to that star, it's a 287-year trip. 
and you could do it in real time if you were some yep. kind of a fucking weirdo immortal. But like, in, yes, there's time dilation. You can go, okay, set the trip. It's a 287 year trip. Set, set, jump ahead 163 years where I'm gonna flip around and start the the flip and burn to decelerate and then jump ahead another hundred years and then whoa i'm slowed down enough and uh you know whatever but there's no load screen it's seamless there's just time dilation that you control if for some reason you wanted to set it and go okay i'll be back in 86 years and just watch it in real time you could do that if you live long enough it's it's going to be groundbreaking in the fact that KSP2 is going to be moving in the, like you said, where I can take a Kerbal, walk him around on the surface of a planet, put him in a rocket, take him up to a spaceship, shoot him to another star four light years away, land on another planet and have them get out and walk around all simulated in real time Hell yeah. with no load screens. It's going to be the first game ever to accomplish simulating that travel in interstellar distances. So long story short, KSP1 was the highlight of my career. I loved working on it. This, I am so incredibly excited for KSP2 to be coming hopefully next year. <laughs> no oh, yeah. more delays, please. Oh, yeah. um, to see what the team's also doing with Unity, because I know they're hacking the hell out of that engine to do what they're doing. So it's, it, I'm, I'm super excited. Hell yeah. So, all right. Can we're I gonna, jump in? Uh, very briefly. Very quickly. Yeah. So there's been sort of discussions with Odyssey pooping the bed on Elite Dangerous of basically what's going to take over, like what is rising up in game development to fill that gap as Elite falters. And obviously a lot of people are betting Star Citizen eventually, and other people point to No Man's Sky now, but who had Kerbal Space Program 2 on their bingo card? Oh, I did. Nobody. I had KSP two, and I had star, uh, star. Uh, sorry, what am I? Starflight. I meant specifically star, in terms of the, the galaxy thing, but yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and, uh, but I'm, I meant specifically in terms of like having a galaxy to explore. All right, so we've anyway, covered. Let's go. I just wanted to bring in Lady Rain because she missed last week to give her a chance to comment on that because it was near and dear to her heart. To this week's thing a week is Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I am so fucking hyped for this this is honestly i I don't want to shit on anything else but this is the star trek i remember this is the star trek the original this is the star trek track the next generation this is the star trek deep space nine the star treks that i love star trek enterprise was fucking amazing and if you don't think so you're wrong go back and re-watch it this is the Star Trek. This has the feel. This has the heart of the Star Trek I love. I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes of mashup of a couple of like trailers for it. And tell me I'm wrong. We're going to talk about this in just a minute. Captain Pike, Lieutenant La'an Nunian Singh, Chief of Security. Welcome back and welcome aboard, everyone. When I was a kid. I was the only one to survive. I know what it feels like to be alone. You are scared. But I can't just keep running. That's just who I am.
Storm's only getting closer, Enterprise. Transporter room to engineering. Hammer, I'm losing them. Try it now. How did you? I am a genius. Hammer may not be able to see, but his other senses compensate. Compensate? They are superior. You humans waste so much life worrying about death. The Enar believe the end only comes once you have fulfilled your purpose. So what was your purpose? To fix what is broken. What is this noxious paste you're applying to our skulls? Ground action. Trust me, this will become Federation standard. Eventually. I am Chief Medical Officer on the flagship of Starfleet. Prejudice has kept people from helping each other for centuries. Doctor! Disease and suffering could be things of the past. I am a physician. There must be another way. Welcome aboard, everyone. Cadet Uhura, very happy to have you aboard. Glad to be here. Cadets gotta be pretty impressive to make the cut. I hear you speak 12 languages. 37. Wow. What's he saying? Universal Translate isn't processing it. Uhura, do something. That's not how linguistics works. Stoffer would be fortunate to have an officer like you. Who knows where I'll end up? I guess I'm still searching. This is Nas Chapel. Welcome to Enterprise. Sounds like you're just the person for the job. What job? I'm gonna mess with your genome. Is it safe? Almost every time. I thought you might need to discuss your feelings. I feel I should have seen that coming. It's good to get bad sometimes. I applaud your performance. Don't thank me. I know I'm good at my job. Hi, I'm Anson Mount, and I play Captain Christopher Pike on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Pretty much every day, there's a moment where I think to myself, I'm on Star Trek. I'm Ethan Peck, and I play Mr. Spock. Coming back to the bridge of the Enterprise is thrilling, it's daunting, it's very surreal. I'm Rebecca Romaine, and I play Una, also known as Number One. The character was originated by Majel Barrett Roddenberry in the original pilot of the original series. And now we finally get to really flesh out this character, and she's way more complex than y'all know. Hi, my name is Celia Rose Gooding, and I am thrilled and honored to say that I will be playing Cadet Nyota Ukura. I am so excited to be stepping into this legacy. My name is Jess Bush, and I am delighted to announce that I will be playing Nurse Christine Chapel. I feel extremely honored. I'm Babzalu Smoko. I will be playing Dr. Mbenga. I'm ecstatic. Hello, my name is Bruce Horak, and I'm thrilled to announce that I'll be playing the character of Hammer. I'm welling up with emotion as I say it. <laughs> My name is Christina Chong and I play La'an Yunyun Singh. I am super excited to become a part of this amazing, diverse universe. My name is Melissa Navia and I'm super excited to announce that I will be playing Lieutenant Erica Ortegas on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Feels really good to finally be able to say that. The cast that we were able to pull together for this, it's exactly the kind of people you would have hoped you'd end up with on a high wire walk like this.
Sorry to interrupt. This is your captain. Our mission. To chart the stars. Push the boundaries of what is known. And what is possible. I'm standing on the surface of a comet. I love this job. people this crew i believe we can do anything you want to seek out new life go where the aliens are your presence is blasphemy let's talk about this find some comfort i think that went well perhaps we should kiss that seems logical Maybe we don't touch anything else. Just a suggestion. The whole future hangs in the balance. No one can know the future. One can only follow one's instincts. You're the best of Starfleet. Our ability to work together, that's our greatest strength. Let's show them what you got. Since I first saw the stars, was to join Starfleet. You're the best first officer in the fleet. You're an example to all of us. As a senior officer, I don't get to be part of the crew anymore. Oh, no, that's not because you're a senior officer. It's because you terrify people. <laughs> Battle station! Security breach at airlock four. Who's backup? I'm your backup. You're fun. Emotion is illogical. Knowledge is vital. We have less than one hour before comet impact. You do a lot of reminding people of deadlines, sir. She does have a point, Bart. On my world, I was forced to prove I belong. In Starfleet, I am accepted for who I am. Half human, half Falcon. I am, quite simply, Spock. trips into non-federation space someone's playing fast and loose with the rules today i know me the boy scout i know exactly how and when my life ends knowledge of death is vital for effective leadership i can't stop seeing it would make me hesitant how will it live in me Take us closer, please. How close do you want to get? First date or third date? Blind date. Proceeding with caution, sir. We have incoming. You know how you used to brag you're going to be the best pilot ever to graduate the academy? What's your point, sir? Time to prove it, Lieutenant. Now we're talking. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, that was fucking balls, in my opinion. Uh, I've been looking through the chat. A lot of people are like, interesting. 
<laughs> like, wow, that looks good. Whatever. I, but I have low hopes. Let me tell you something. I get it. Star Trek. <coughs> wow. Jesus. That rum went down the wrong pipe. Star Trek has been... Uh, oof. It's been... Hit and miss, let's say, with some of the more recent things that have been put out. Some people like them, some people don't. I'm withholding my commentary. Although, I will say, Star Trek Below Decks is fucking awesome. And if you... If you sort of are ready to just relax and laugh. It's is great. Um in my money, for my money, the best Star Trek that's been put out in the last decade is a little show called The Orville, which is Star Trek the way Star Trek should be done. But it's not officially Star Trek, but it's better Star Trek than the Star Trek that I've seen. This though, these trailers for Star Trek Strange New Worlds have me actually hype. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when we see it, it's, oh, it was a bait and switch and it's going to be some fucking weird bullshit. But the Star Trek that I'm seeing here in these trailers have me hyped. I'm so, I am much excited. And in May, what? It's a month away? And we can have Star Trek, and it looks like good Star Trek? What? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do this. Good-ish Star Trek. I think it's got a, a, it's got potential for sure. It definitely looks to be more true to what original Star Trek was. However, that doesn't mean it's going to be better. For me personally... My, I've said it before, my biggest complaint about the next generation was how often did they pull a phaser and actually get in a fight. They they shook hands and talked it all out every week. I don't want that again. I get bored with that. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm excited for it. But I'm in the minority where I'm actually enjoying Picard. I don't see where everybody's crying and complaining that they're ruining the um, story because they aren't, actually. They're staying very true to the characters of the show. To be clear, I'm not shitting on Picard, but they are in a weird, dark, dystopian future, and they're, they, there's a fucking Legolas, and they had Thargoids, and they fucking did time travel, and fucking Picard's a robot, and Jesus Christ. Uh, Which all happened in the good Star Treks of old. <clears throat> all right. Look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm just saying... That this Star Trek excites me more than Star Treks I've seen in a while. Let's I, I some... think this Star Trek excites you the same way No Man's Sky does. Okay. Let's hear some other opinions from people. I, We've heard I from me and that, Tweaked. I think, that for, for, I think that for Tweaked to get his, you know, we're not always going to shake hands. We're going to go shooting. I think you're going to be able to lean heavily on less angry Kamina drummer. I mean, La'an Noonien Singh. Yo, I did the same thing. I had to stop and Google. I was like, oh, so here's the deal. I am madly in love with Kara G. Fucking, yes, drummer is my queen. And she she is my goddamn Belter Khaleesi. And when I saw Leanne Noonien sing, I was like, Kara G, my baby. But no, it's a different person. But go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Wolf. 
Oh, I just I just think that it's going to be very interesting because it looks like there's a lot of competing things where like when when you look at Star Trek as as a whole and you have some aberrations from it like especially like Deep Space 9 where it was much more gritty wartime focus um uh, more believable story Star Trek's always been rather utopian in nature this is going to I guess it's trying to drive to it wasn't that, but it becomes it sort of deal, and not everything is all hand wavy and perfect, whatever. Like in in the scene where you got the alien saying something, and Laon's like, "Hey, Uhura, um, fix the universal translator." It's like linguistics doesn't work that way. It's like, okay, well, clearly you're also channeling a bit of Doctor McCoy, but like, there's there's some things in Star Trek as as you watch it, it's like that. That just doesn't seem real. That seems very real. And yeah. adding that sort of thing back into Star Trek is desperately needed. So I want to call out a couple of comments in the chat. First off, Panda the Gray. Uh, quote, but Orville was trash. Panda, you were what? entirely, you're completely entitled to your very fucking wrong and stupid opinions. I defend your right to be dumb. Orville was great. I yeah, was Orville was give you that. fucking amazing. Uh, the, 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 uh, oh, I believe it was oh, oh, season oh. two, the end of Orville. That space battle was like, you could compare that to any show. That was great. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Twitch, back up. Deep Space Nine over was less good than Babylon 5. I So I agree with you to an extent. I, so basically for people who know the history uh, J. Michael Straczynski went to the network and tried to sell them on the idea of Babylon 5. And they said, no, thanks. That sounds dumb. And then as soon as he left the building, they called up all other people and were like, steal his fucking idea. Go. And they launched Deep Space Nine. However, however, I will say this. I love Deep Space Nine deeply. It is actually my favorite Star Trek. I love... Babylon 5 deeply, deeply, as much as some of the graphics or whatever, they didn't get the budget because they were on TNT or whatever the fuck they were on. They didn't get the budget. I would have loved to see J. Michael Straczynski doing Babylon 5 on network television with the actors and the, and the, the, the budget and the whatever that they had on whatever. So, like, for me, that's hard to call that one out because I absolutely am madly in love with Babylon 5, and I absolutely am madly in love with Deep Space Nine. So that one's a hard one, but, yeah, they're both amazing shows. Low 200, you're 100% right. And the other one I want to call out is, uh, who was it? Um, Wintermute. The Next Generation hasn't dated very well at all, unlike TOS, which is weird. You're right, but that's because TOS had, like, all practical effects for the most part. And, like, we wink and nod and kind of let the or whatever go. Ba or Star Trek The Next Generation was kind of dog shit season one. All Star Treks are mostly dog shit season one. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. But, oh, my God, when they get their feet under them... The next generation was so good in the later seasons. Um, all right, we got my opinions in. We got wolves. We got tweaks. Uh, anybody, Rain? You got any? Anybody got anything else on on this? Go for it. 
I... Star Trek means more to me than I think a lot of people know, mainly because I wouldn't be on about to celebrate my little girl's 10th birthday and 12th or 13th year with my wife if it wasn't for Star Trek. Hmm. My wife and I met through a uh, Star Trek role-playing group. Uh, she was the executive officer on my ship. Hmm. And um, I hate to pull a no true Scotsman, but I'm kind of with tweaked on certain situations where I see people sit and complain about things in Trek um, in New Trek and Odyssey and Picard, uh, or Discovery and Picard, I mean, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, let me show you season two, episode three, where they did exactly the thing that you're complaining about now, but you didn't complain about then, which means either you didn't watch it, you don't remember it, or you're being a hypocrite. So, um, which is my big thing. Some of the problems that I have with what we'll call New Trek aren't the problems that I think a lot of people have with New Trek. I think a lot of people say with regard to New Trek, oh, they're forcing fucking lefty agenda. It's too many women, too many minorities, too many whatever. Fuck that. I don't give a fuck about that. I love The Expanse with all of my heart, and it starred women and minorities. I am super excited for this, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it heavily stars women and minorities. I don't give a fuck about that. I think that's great. I'm all for that because it's what the future will be. The future will be largely an amalgamation of you know all the different races together and men and women equally i don't give a fuck about that the thing that turns me off to a lot of what i see as new star trek is original star trek and star trek the next generation and this star even to a certain extent which was much more nuanced in regard to things deep space nine but the star treks that are, and and very much so uh with 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 uh, uh, Enterprise. The Star Treks that I love were much more like a happier, positive, like we're past all of the, like it's a, it's a utopian vision of a place where people aren't racist and sexist and aren't uh, whatever fixated on money and aren't whatever because it's like yeah, we went through that shit, we came out on the other side as better, sort of more hopeful, more honest, more... Hey whatever new people Trek is missing the optimism yeah yes new track i, I want to bring right. that's I the part that's wait, wait wait let me finish that's the part that i don't like about some of the new Trek stuff that i'm seeing where it's it's kind of dark and gritty and whatever and there's a place for that i'm not saying there's not but i want my star trek to be hopeful i want my star trek to be like have a little bit of boy scout to it that's that's the only thing that i have go ahead ray I want to say a few a few quick things. Sure, sure. One, Enterprise was, they were almost dying every episode. Yeah. Right? Because space is dangerous and mm -hmm. nobody knew who Starfleet was. Mm -hmm. Voyager had a lot of loss and pain and darkness and death. Deep Space Nine had the entirety of what I think is the greatest story arc in the history of Star Trek, that being the Dominion The War. Dominion, yeah. Right, and what I bring up for where Picard is, where the Federation is in Picard right now, is you're talking about a galactic civilization mm -hmm. that is dealing with the aftermath of, this, of the Battle of Sector 001, which is First Contact. 
They're dealing with the aftermath of insurrection. They're dealing with the destruction of the Romulan star system. They're dealing with the destruction of Utopia Planitia and, and the uh, synth uprising. And they're dealing with the aftermath of the Dominion War, which is still only a few years behind, in which major worlds in the Federation were bombed by... Like, Betazoid was bombed into the frickin' Stone Age by the Dominion. I, I'm curious why people want, they don't want to bring that stuff up. Like, it's like, well, you know, Star Trek is, is New Trek is like grim and dark and gritty. Well, yeah, because the Federation has been at war for decades, and they're at a situation where they have not recovered. And not for nothing, the reason they're in that spot is because of an annoying villain who put them in those spots previously in the next generation. Yep. So. Q. All right. Anyway. All right. So opinions abound, but I, I, am I saw I'm those trailers excited. and I'm excited. I'm super excited. I'm I really excited. am. Yep. I yes. am also much excited. And in fairness, I should say, I've watched like two or three episodes of Discovery. I've watched like two or three episodes of Picard, and I, it's not that. So I have. It's not. Maybe, maybe it got better. Whatever. But. I when I just in Discovery it's like they're there. I was fucking super rooting for the black chick at the beginning. I was like, yeah, this chick, she gets it. I'm on her side. And then like everybody was against her, and then her captain was fucking Voldemort. And like it was like, oh, we're just torturing this space animal to make our ship go. And I'm like, why? No. no don't get me wrong. The whole spore drive no. thing is shit. That no. shouldn't. Yeah, that was bad. That no. was just horrible. Yeah. That's not. That's not my fucking federation. My federation are good guys. They don't torture a space animal to make their ship go. Section three. Okay. This is what I don't understand about how Trek has evolved because early Trek humanity was optimistic like humanity had more or less figured its shit out and was going out into the universe to try to see what was there and learn and about science and all of that and it, you know they tackled social commentary and the issues of the day in each series but they did so from a position of the crew is going out there from a modestly enlightened peaceful position yes. as a default yes and now it's just everything is fucking awful look at this the guy who said in chat in comments to me before i got nothing to say about this is making insightful commentary yes that's what i'm talking about this Star Trek captain, I fucking love. The crew I love. And they're throwing in nostalgia bonus points by having, you know, Uhura and Major Barrett's character, uh, number one. Like, legitimately, this is the disgusting aspect of Hollywood that most people don't know. In the 1960s, when fucking Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry, wanted to make the show, he had literally these two things that he wanted to have. He wanted to have a, a first officer, second in command, that was a woman, and he wanted to have the idea of Spock, an alien that was tight in the crew, that was like number three in command. And the network sent back notes saying, you can keep the woman or the Jew with the weird ears, you can't have both. 
that was the disgusting place we were in in the 1960s. And Gene Roddenberry was like, oh, fuck. All right, what do I do? And he was like, all right, I'll write off the woman character that's the second in command and we'll keep, you know, uh, Spock. Like, because the network assholes, you know, small-minded, bigoted fucking retard. I'm sorry, you're not supposed to say that. Fucking idiots. Like, we're like, you can't have both. Pick one. And I'm like, yeah, all right, it's okay. And and literally, uh, it, it was just a, a, a weird whatever. So, like, I love that this Star Trek has that same, mm, like, optimism feeling of old school Trek. It, it has the same, and Enterprise had it as well. They were in a dark situation. Somebody made the comment in the in the chat. Star Trek. Part of Star Trek is sort of reflecting life through the lens of the time that it's in, like when it's supposed to be. And like I agree a hundred percent. And part of Enterprise was we were dealing in a post nine eleven world or whatever, where it was like, you know, they were dealing with the idea of Earth was hit by space terrorists, basically, and it's like. How do we chase down those space terrorists, but while not, like, losing our humanity, not whatever? So, like, yes, 100%. I get that everything goes through the lens of whatever. But to me, this Star Trek excites me. And, yes, I I, I get 100% people saying, well, I'll see what it's like. I'll reserve my comments. But, yeah, but I'm excited not, for it. Not for nothing either. I mean, Captain Pike, I, I enjoy his character, that same oh, yeah. actor plays Admiral Pike in Discovery season three that they're in or whatever mm. it is. Yeah. And I, I enjoy his character there. And if you go way, way back to the first episodes Ever. of TOS, yep. you will see Captain Pike. Yeah, he was, the dude the, he was the dude with the melted face in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yep. Yeah, 100%. So I'm excited to actually finally get to see the adventures of Captain Pike because we've never really done that before. That was the two-parter. That was the special two-parter. Uh, what do you call it? The uh, pilot of uh, of uh, TOS. All right, we're wrapping this one up, but it's exciting, and I wanted to share it with you guys, and I hope that you give it a try, or at least are now it's on your radar and you find it interesting. That takes us to our next topic, which is Nomansky. We got the Outlaws update. Let's bring it to you.
right. That shit looks legit. So, let's get into it. First off, that trailer is awesome, but that doesn't cover half of what's in the Nomansky section. Uh, there's a whole lot of shit that is in this update. It is packed with more than they showed you. They added a new class of starship, the solar sail ships, which look amazing. Solar sail ships come in a wide range of procedurally generated variations. They can be found all across the galaxy, but are more common in outlaw systems. They come with unique technologies for fast and efficient pulse drives. All ships now come with a high-capacity cargo inventory. The starting size of the cargo, cargo inventory varies according to the ship type and class. Uh, and it can be upgraded at the salvage station. So remember before, it was always kind of dumb that it's like, why is it that my ship only holds like the same amount of stuff as my backpack? Yeah, no longer the case. It's way more. In addition to that, you can now, they're like, hey, we're adding new ships. Maybe you already have six ships that you love. And you're like, Sophie's Choice, what ship do I get rid of? Ah, eh, fuck it. Have some more ships. They upgraded the maximum number of saved ships from six to nine. Players can now change their primary starship from the quick menu while in the freighter hangar. They moved the companion management option to utilities if you're flying a ship. Summoning other ships, including the freighter, now has its own dedicated sub-menu in the quick menu. While on a planet, players may occasionally see groups of frigates and fighters in, the, in atmosphere and pa pass by on their own missions across the universe. So this is partially like, hey, you could just be see neutral ships, whatever, or you could see ships that are getting attacked by pirates, or you can see ships that are launching pirates to go attack people. All of it fucking amazing. While on a planet, players may occasionally see groups of frigates. Oh, I already covered that. On uh, audiovisual cues, we're skipping that, whatever. Number of star systems across the galaxy have been taken over by pirates. These systems are identified on the galaxy map with a conflict or economy scanner. Outlaw systems have unique space station with their own assortment of NPCs. You can visit a bounty master aboard an outlaw station to undertake a range of procedurally generated piracy missions and earn unique rewards. You can purchase illegal goods from the black market aboard outlaw stations. Those go goods can be sold for a huge markup at regulated space. The maximum stack size for all trading goods, illegal and otherwise, have been increased. In regulated systems, space stations authorities will try to scan you. You can also get new technology, a cargo scan probe deflector to try to get away from that. So they're adding whole loops of like illegal cargo gameplay and whatnot. You can earn forged passports from working with pirate factions. You use those forged passports uh, at station cores in regulated space to reset your reputation levels with the system authorities. So, you know, you're wanted. That's all right. I got some forged passports. Boom, bada bang, bada bang, bada boom. Now the cops are cool with me. Outlaw stations cannot be warped to directly from regulated space and vice versa. You have to go through a... Basically, it's like you can't go from high sec to null sec. You have to go through low sec and, and you have to face dangers in the process. Um, outlaw stations have their own technology merchants which specialize in suspicious aftermarket upgrades. The rewards for destroying starships, freighters, sentinels, and pirates have all been improved. Rewards for saving a freighter from an attack has been improved. There's a new whole new series 
of narrative missions for outlaw systems, complete with missions during unique customization and title options. They've added cloth physics, which you might be like, what do I care? But it's now you can have capes in the game. Now you can have other things that sort of move like cloth does. It's a it's an integral tool. You might say capes don't seem that important to me. But there's other shit they can do with it. Like flags flapping in the breeze and other things. So they're added in a new expedition which literally just launched like yesterday, today, whatever. The Blighted Expedition 6, the Blighted. So the Blighted Expedition will take players on a treasure hunt across a distant galaxy as they trace the, the roots of the mysterious pirates. It offers you a chance to earn exclusive starship trail, pirate-themed base decorations, your own personal wayward cube, and a unique cape customization, and much more besides. Space combat changes. Sentinel pirate and trader ships now have energy shields that must be depleted before the ship can be damaged. Different grades of shields have different strengths and different weaknesses and 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 like like aptitudes or whatever. Player starship weapons deal different damage levels against shielded and unshielded target. Imp- they improved the starship combat flight model for in-atmosphere combat. Pirates can now attack while players are flying within a planet's atmosphere. So you never had that before. You only had spaceship would fight you in space. Now you can be in a planet and get attacked by pirates all of a sudden. You're trying to ditch them and you're flying low through valleys and, you know, uh, weaving through trees and and what the fuck. It's amazing. And those pirates raid bases as well. Yes. Sentinel interceptors now will respond to crimes committed while flying in a planet's atmosphere. Pirate ships will occasionally make attack runs on the structures. Players who drive off or eliminate these raids get rewards. They rebalance space combat for more high-end challenge and whatnot. Players now have the option to enable a combat autopilot for Starship. I think, see, this is brilliant. What they did is said, we're going to make space combat and, 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 and all of this stuff way harder. But if you're one of our existing customer who liked it as it is and is like, oh, I can't, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I, I'm a dude with a disability. I got one arm or I, I have, you know, I'm an older person that has, you know, not good twitch bustle whatever abilities or you know, I don't know. Whatever. I'm just. I, I don't. I don't like that. It's too hard for me. I loved your game before, but now you made it too hard for me. I can't do it. For those people, you can go into the menu and say, "All right, just kind of put, use my autopilot combat mode or whatever to kind of make this e- easy mode." So what they did was for the people who were like, "Man, space combat is too fucking easy. It's a boring. I don't like it." They're like, "We'll make it harder." But for those people who are screwed by the making it harder they're like well you have your option too this is classic no man's sky they make everyone happy players now have an option oh oh, i I said that part already they've increased heat capacity for the phase beam so basically i'm not going to go through all this step by step but like the phase beam it actually it's not like before the phase beam the photo cannon the 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 what was the other one the the knife and like all the the positron ejector the, the infra knife, all of these weapons were kind of more or less just reskins of the same thing. The cyclotron ballista, all of it was kind of the same thing. Now it's like 
This is better against shields than that. This is better against armor than that. This overheats you faster. That has this effect. This has that effect. It's all a bunch of pluses and minuses that you have to sort of weigh out. This, the, the rockets, they, they do way different damage. Like the rockets do shit damage against shields. But once you get past the shields, they rip up a hole like nobody's business. Um, they've made multiple improvements to the HUD you know, showing heat levels and showing different combat statistics that you need to know. Um, they've tweaked the flight model, how the ship actually handles. Now, I here's what I know I'm going to hear from some people. I'm going to hear, yeah, but the flight model is still a uh, fucking arcade -y. You know what? You're sort of right. They've upped a lot of it. They've made changes. But in general, the base flight model of this game is arcadey still when you compare it to elite or star citizen or even x4 but the fact of the matter is is it's it's built on a certain model and they're adding complexity and they're adding a lot more to it with this right here when your ship fires off different weapons you see different sort of bursts and different physical effects and you feel different rumbles and you feel different sort of uh like characteristics to how it moves the enemies that you're fighting now are are way better they have shields they're going to react differently they're going to use different tactics and they're going to attack you not just in open space but in space and in atmosphere ships are going to come and scan you and oh you're doing illegal shit the cops are after you or oh but you have abilities to try to throw them off your, your like they're adding layers upon layers upon layers of complexity to all this and in addition to that there's more you have squadrons now you can literally go out and recruit npc players and you see their stats and you work with them like okay this guy's a c rated this guy's an a rated this guy's an s rated he's got this kind of ship he's got that whatever but i'm also going to use him as my wingman up to four guys in your squadron and when you do combat and stuff, they swoop in and they fly in formation with you. And it's like you versus them. And as you take these guys through fights and lead them successfully through this stuff, you are now, you know, able to level them up and, and work on their like, OK, spend their points on their like, oh, I want this guy to be sort of my specific guy for this and this guy or this lady for that and whatever. They've increased, they, they've increased all of the visual effects for asteroid explosions and ship explosions and muzzle flashes and missile, all of that stuff, audio and visuals. They've done massive numbers. I literally have like four pages of optimizations and bug fixes. Uh, hey, FDev, are you listening? It turns out you're able to make optimizations on a game, like, rapidly. Uh, let's let's just cut it off at there so that we're not going until tomorrow morning. Guys, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's, it's going the right way, that's for sure. This is the first thing since I've had Star Citizen that No Man's Sky has done that's <clears throat> raised my attention. Hell yeah. This this is kind of what they needed, and let's be totally honest, this is Hello Games throwing a lifesaver to Elite Dangerous console players. <laughs> having <laughs> having great. the ability to 
have combat now in atmosphere down on a planet have be on the ground and then all of a sudden mm. pirates come attacking you and stuff mm. that brings a level of excitement and and randomness that you don't get at many other places mm. yeah i think i used to think final fantasy was the greatest redemption arc in gaming history now i'm firmly in the camp that it's the second greatest <clears throat> next <throat> to this game and this team and they've put out another little game which is a little top-down thing and they've just announced that they're working on a new project oh yeah that's more ambitious with a smaller team but they've learned their lessons so they're not talking about it they're just going to work on it and they sean specifically mentioned in the interview that i read that this new project they're working on will not take away from no man's sky development and they're not done they have apparently the team is just overflowing with what do we do next well i want to do this and i want to do that and they just have ideas that just our journey continues <clears throat> to be clear I'm super excited to be clear that other project that they're working on they've been working on that they they first talked about it like six months they've been working on that for a while just mm -hmm. quietly they're just not talking about it and i think and this is just I have no insider information on this. This is me making wild-ass speculation. I could be dead wrong. I think that what they're doing, if you notice, since they announced that a couple months back, they've even upticked the amount of work and things they've been putting out on Star Citizen, or sorry, on Nomansky. Mm -hmm. I think what they're doing is they're trying out game loops and ideas and whatever and putting stuff into Nomansky and then being like, okay, we got this. Well, we got cloth physics. All right, we can use this in the other thing. I, I think what they're doing is using start oh, Jesus using Nomansky as their proving ground, which is a genius because all of the Nomansky players are getting free shit that they love. That's a home run, mm -hmm. and the devs at Hello Games are getting to test out and work out bugs and whatever and tweak stuff and figure out exactly how they want to do it for Project X, unnamed project, which that's two home runs. That's brilliant on both cases, and I, I, I absolutely think they deserve all the love and respect for it. Who else has something on this one? I think the other thing to bring up is the fact that all of these updates that they have done, everything they've added to the game, I bought No Man's Sky and paid for it one time. Mm -hmm. I haven't had to throw a single nickel back into Hello Games to get more stuff. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Like, it's the gift that keeps on point, giving. At some point, it's going to be like, and here's, you know, next expansion, and we just can't give it to you for free. It'll be like, shut up and take my money because they have turned this game around so hard and they just keep adding so many good things and it's just it's fun it doesn't matter what you want to do how you want to do it you can do the thing and it's so good yeah it's like herpes it's the gift that never goes away but in a good way i think the best thing that i can say about no man's sky and what they've been doing i saw this as a comment elsewhere People are actually tweeting at Sean and Hello Games saying, okay, Sean, you've done enough. You've paid us back. It's okay to start offering microtransactions. Please let us give you more money. 
and that's a very privileged position to be in. Yeah, you. They have been destroying it. You, Go ahead, Kai. You rarely find customers who say you've done enough. Now it's it's always the other way. But yeah, Nomansky's getting it, and you know the other one. Honestly, fucking, I I I I disagree with Lady Rain. I don't think that Nomansky is a better redemption story than Final Fantasy XIV. I think they're tied, and like you can't pick. It's like. Who's yeah, the bigger winner? You can't even pick. They're both fucking god-tier success stories. All right, anybody else with anything on Nomansky before we move on to Star Citizen? All right, hearing none. Let's move on to Star Citizen. Uh, take it away. Which one of you is going first? Me. We're first covering the roadmap. It was pretty quick. Um, not many things changed this week. Um, obviously, we're in the process of getting 317 through PTU, so, you know, that's what, what's being worked on, and they're just getting started on 318 for the crews that are doing that. Um, mag stripping and refill has been removed temporarily from the schedule because they've had to change how they prioritize work on dealing with ammunition through Q3 and Q4. So this is getting rescheduled later. They added seated item handling, the ability for players and NPCs to use things in their hands while seated in a passenger seat. So, you know, having a gun while you're sitting shotgun, you know, things like that. That's been added to the actor feature team schedule. Clothing, fashion outfits for Stanton, both men and women. Well, masculine and feminine is how they described it because they're not gender locked. So there you go. Mantling tier two. So it's improving what's there for mantling. Mantling up to a surface without a wall to push against. Jumping over a gap to get to a mantle and improve detection radius. They're adding more rest up locations around Microtech in the Lagrangian points, including stations and gas clouds. And finally, they're bringing back a previously removed from the visible roadmap feature in sliding. So being able oh, to yeah. basically slide during that's effective, especially during combat. Um, and so, yeah, that's everything in roadmap. And hold on real, on real, real, real quick. I apologize for anybody listening to the live stream. I had it listed to like mute it, so we weren't hearing it, but apparently it was blasting music in your ears. I have now muted it. I'm very, very sorry. But what you're seeing in the background is a video from Aerody, A-E-R-O-D-Y, who is an amazing content creator who put together a list of changes uh, in visuals and comparisons, whatnot, from 3.16 to 3.17. So I just wanted to play it in the background while we talk so you guys could see some of this stuff for yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, so if people didn't hear what I actually said while the music was blasting, I basically quickly covered the actual roadmap, which you can read on the com link. And if you're in chat, I'm going to drop the link in right now. But the next thing we're going to cover is what's going on in the PTU, and that's rain. Yeah, so um, big, big thing that has been missed is a lot of the vehicles 
that we've been waiting for are coming in 317. So people, in, in terms of being able to buy them for Alpha UEC, uh, this is the Cuddy, the Cuddy Steel, which is the dumbest ship in the game. I said what I said, don't fucking at me. Um, the 400, the Redeemer, the Quad, the both the Starfighter, Ion, and Inferno. The Spartan? The Spartan. Like six or seven vehicles <clears throat> that are that are coming to be purchasable in-game. And one of the things that I wanted to let everybody know is what this does is brings the total number of vehicles flyable in-game in Alpha 317 to 143. Of that 143, 109 of them are purchasable with in-game credits. If you went and bought every vehicle that you can buy in Alpha 317, you would have to spend 296 million Alpha UEC to buy one of every ship and ground vehicle currently available to you in the game. Mm -hmm. Also, quick interesting piece of information on that, 143 flyable with 109 purchasable with only 41 ships and vehicles available to be bought with real money, meaning that less than half of the in-game earnable fleet is on the store with real money. And so I think this is the coolest thing because, you know, we're going to get the Scorpius soon. The whole A is in, so those are the new ships. But here's these other ships that if you didn't want to pay real money for a 400i, now you can go earn one. Um, in terms of everything else, uh, the builds have gotten stable. The river is fantastic. The cloud tech on Hurston is fantastic. The loot pull is amazing. One thing to let people know that uh, that might not know is um, 57 of 136 total FPS weapons in the game are purchasable. The rest are loot, which includes all of the heavy weapons are now loot. Uh, so that means the grenade launchers, rocket launchers, rail guns, all those are loot only. Uh, for people who have been complaining about a lack of PvP content, I ask those people, do you not think as soon as somebody finds out where those things spawn, you're not going to be getting into fights for claiming... Like, for example, one of the things we were talking about in the Skunks was, let's say Korea, Security Post Korea, spawns grenade launchers. You can't buy them. You have to loot them. You don't think that you wanting a grenade launcher and somebody else wanting a grenade launcher and you both go loot Korea, you're not going to get some PvP? Because I want that grenade launcher and I'm not going to let you have it. So I think the loot system coming online, it's fantastic, is also going to generate exploration. It's going to generate dynamic conflict, which I'm hoping other people will... I want to hear everybody else's opinion on that later. Uh, Quanta is online, and by the way, Quanta is online and not just handling uh, prices for refuel and repair. It's also handling environmental missions. And Entity Graph is online, on schedule, um, <coughs> which means the next patch for Cargo Refactor, when um, Replication Layer comes online, on schedule, that means we are actually potentially on schedule for Pyro at the end of the year. We really actually could be. Maybe not. Obviously, it's a pipe dream. But I still believe Pyro is coming at the end of the year. I think a lot of the people who jumped very early saying this isn't Star Citizen's year have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, some of those people I understand, and I love and respect those people. Um, but 
I, I want people to understand the PTU is in a really good position right now. I've personally seen 110 FPS on Horizon. Like, come on. So Yeah, that's what I was going to say too, Rain, is I've been hearing from a lot of people that the optimization, that everybody's getting like better <clears throat> FPS and stuff yes. moving around. And that's Gen 12 and Vulcan updates, because remember, if you've been paying attention, Gen 12 and Vulcan has been every patch, something else gets switched over. Something else gets updated. Again, I say to a certain other dev studio, turns out you can't put the resources into doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, even Final Fantasy is doing its first graphics update ever. And, you know, saying, hey, well, you know, now with the new consoles, we can push the graphical fidelity of this game to levels it's never been at. And they want to do it. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, there's more missions. There's more dynamic content. Um, I think people that are complaining about the survival rates are weak, but that's just me. I play hardcore survival games for fun. So, you know, it's my niche. It might not be everybody else's. Anyway, that's all oh. I've got. The PTU is fantastic. <laughs> 317 is going to be more than a lot of people think. I really do think that it's going to be awesome. So, I want to add one more thing as well. Go ahead. To the loot pool that Rain didn't mention, Sig is adding all of the old subscriber gear into the loot pool as rare yes, yes. selections. Mm -hmm. Everything prior to 2022 that normally the only way you could possibly get this is to pay cash on the website. It's now going into the loot pool. This means that you get some unique cosmetics, you get unique suits of armor and helmets and stuff like that. You can look like the the actual guys from Xenothreat, like at least the characters as they've been presented to us so far. The only things that you don't get are the only things that aren't being added to the loot pool are unique items from things like CitizenCon. So you don't get the CitizenCon knife and trophy. So what you're telling me, Alex, is that CIG are a bunch of greedy, incompetent fuckwits that aren't putting things into the game because they want to make money over... Oh, wait, no, that's not... Yeah, it's an absolute scam. Gotcha. That's exactly... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no. Yeah, but they're just enhancing the loot pool because now the game system is there to support it, and they can just go, well, we don't need to hold this behind a paywall if people get lucky. So, yeah, now, anyway. New subscriber <laughs> gear, though, is a three-month exclusive. Yeah, currently, yeah, currently everything same way. in 2022 is, is limited. <clears throat> the, same, the same way that you can't get the brand new ships on day one. They're in there, and then in the next quarter, you can buy them for Alpha UEC. The, the guns and the helmets and the whatever that are fucking subscriber flares and are uh, locked to one player, you know, like purchase only, in the next quarter... You can get them in-game. You can earn them in-game. It's the exact same model they've been using, and I think it works for me. I'm good with that. Yeah. So you, got, you guys have been seeing in the background as we play this, like the, the little line come across, and there's Hurston in 316 versus Hurston in 317. You're seeing on the screen now changes with regard to how some of the instrumentation panels and whatnot are going to work. You saw the new hospital. You're seeing the new, you know, the river. You're seeing uh, uh, as the end of this, as it goes farther in the video, 
you're going to see the faces and it goes across and like here's the face you know black dude now asian chick now white guy now fucking whatever german guy now whatever and it goes across and it's like as it goes across the skin looks sort of like matte like they had like a level of like concealer or whatever the hell that makeup shit is that women wear that it like it's all just like everything looks exactly the same the base level thing before they put on all of the other stuff it all looked like that and then when it goes across to the line of how it looks in 317 you're seeing like stubble on the dudes and the the, the infamous that everybody talk oh the eye watery eyes yeah okay it sounds fucking stupid when you say watery eyes but when you see it it's like Okay, I'm not a smart guy. I don't know fucking art shit. But I know that that face looks better than that face. They're making improvements. I'm not artistic. I don't know all of the whatever. So if you say watery eyes, that sounds stupid to me. But then when you see it, you go, oh, that looks better. I like that better. You know? So it's awesome. I dig it. I'm here for it. You guys have been seeing, everybody here in the panel, you guys have been seeing the, as the as the little line goes across and you guys saw the stuff with the faces. Doesn't it look better to you? Doesn't it look like oh, yeah. it's like, oh, so god damn. Just, it's like going from standard def to HD kind of a difference to me. It's it's kind of crazy. I thought it looked good already, <clears throat> but you see them changing that kind of stuff and it's just they found a way to make it even more detailed and, and better and, looking. And so many con- so many content creators have been like watery eyes who gives a fuck and it's like all right, look here. You're seeing the faces. Look at these faces. Now, don't get me wrong. They're good as they are. But look at this. The line goes across and you're seeing different skin tones at different places, parts of the, you know, like little shadows and shades. And and yeah, the eyes look watery. And it sounds dumb if you just explain it, but it, whatever. And the eyes, they had sort of unusual extra I don't know too much to it where it was like fucking doll looking they, eyes. They used to look like glass. And now they look Now they look like real. their actual eyes. Yeah, yeah they look real. Yeah, they so it, I I I'm here for it. And like look at look at here just as it as the line goes across and you see you know hair follicles and pores and it's like Jesus Christ that looks good to me. Um all right. So yeah. I just wanted to highlight this again. Notes, it's in the show notes, but that is from Arody, who put together this video, and it's amazing. Go check out his channel or her channel and sub to it. They are awesome peoples. Um, hey, Chad. Hey, Chad Lozan in yeah, the chat. Chad in the hello, house. hello. Hello. Hey, hey. He's in, he's in the call. Hello, hello. I just have some real things to do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the the improvements for eye, it's eye <coughs> wetness that they classified it as. The, the Star Citizen, it's the little details that they pay attention to, which means they pay even more attention to the big details. Yeah. Yeah, it's all those little details are what build it up to be the amazing big, big thing that it becomes. And when you say, yeah. like, they did eye, again, you say they did eyewitness, and it's like, that sounds dumb, whatever. It, but then, like, because, yeah, because we're not fucking genius level game makers but when you actually see it then you're like oh i get it yeah that's better i like it all right go ahead i wanted to throw at kai if i can or not kai tweaked as as a bunker bunker buster when i brought up that the new loot system could bring random pvp conflict 
I'm curious what you think as somebody that I know loves to run bunkers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, loot and stuff. Are you going to be on more guard run, now? I run bunkers all the time. <laughs> I, I loot all the stuff all the And I've got favorite weapons. I carry an FS9 and a Salvo frag pistol everywhere I go now. And if I can't get those anywhere but looting, get, guess where I'm going to be? And if I'm going to be there, other people are going to be there. And that's when the fun ensues. And and that sliding bit, when they added the fact that they're going to allow us to slide on our knees, that sounds like such a small thing. But when I'm in those bunkers and I see a guard come running around or a pirate come running around the corner and he sees me and he has this oh shit expression and he goes sliding on his knees behind the cover, I think to myself, damn, that move would have come in handy a couple times for myself. I am excited for that to be added in. That's huge. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right. Anybody else on Star Citizen before we move to Elite Dangerous for the week and then wrap the show up? Yeah. So we got the Expanse. Hit it. So the Expanse, Misk Expanse is a new concept ship. Yes, it's just a concept. You're buying a JPEG. I understand if people don't want to put their money into it, that's fine. You don't have to do that. That's I'm not trying to encourage anyone to buy it, it, but it's going to be added into the game, and that's what I care about. Yes. It's basically a single-person, one-crew <laughs> ship that is a purpose-built refinery. It takes the saddlebags from the Misk Prospector and other mining ships and sucks up that ore, puts it into its refineries, and then spits it under bags on its side of refined ore ready to go. It's got a tractor beam. It just lets you do the whole thing from the cockpit. It's, you know, it's basically it's there. And this is finally the, the full dedicated mining refinery gameplay ship that people have been waiting for. And since it's MISC, they basically say, hey, it uses Xeon tech for Xeon inspired tractor tech. Which just means there's a tractor beam on the butt. And yeah, it's 35 meters long. It's priced fairly decently because it, it sits in the, the happy zone that SIG puts all of their dedicated entry-level industrial ships, which is more than 100, but less than 200, and closer towards the middle than the edges. And that price is probably going to go up before the the ship is actually added to the game unless it's fast tracked and i'm not saying this to encourage anyone to buy now okay i'm gonna get it with uec <clears throat> myself all right but anyway here, so that's, i'm gonna open it to the floor that's good stuff uh i, I i'm i'm obviously if we're running out of time it's cool obviously adding the uh um whole refinery gameplay loop is necessary it's good stuff the pricing on it i think is exactly right i'm not you know saying you have to buy it whatever get it with auec do whatever you want to do but i think the cutty steel was a little overpriced and i think that they heard cig heard feedback on that issue and i think as a result they have priced the uh expanse better uh so yeah i think it's about where it should be it should be in the realm of 
you know, a, a prospector and whatnot, as far as, you know, what it, what it does value proposition, whatever. Um, I, I'm here for it. I dig it. I'm excited. I think that it's not a coincidence the time that it's coming out. It's a refiner ship, which you're going to need, you know, if you're going to, for example, oh, I don't know, a system like Pyro, where you might need to have your ability to handle your shit and get stuff out on your own. I think that it's not a coincidence that you're seeing the refining capabilities, the uh, uh, the Odyssey with its sort of troop carrier type, like mini carrier, pocket carrier, whatever you want to call it, uh, um, capabilities. Uh, you're seeing the refueling loop. I think this is not a coincidence. Pyro's coming, folks. Don't be the last one to figure it out. I'm excited. I think it's great. Anybody got anything on this one? It'll definitely let people be in the black for longer periods of time. Mm -hmm. The idea is, to, is for expeditions to go out for exploration and other stuff into other systems and not have to go back to a major planet or a station for long periods of time. Yeah. But it will require a group of people to cooperate and in order to do so, you can't do it alone. And that's like one of the big points of Star Citizen is that everything's done in groups. Yeah, you're going to need at least one miner, probably a couple. You're going to have one refiner. You're going to have uh, a ship that is hauling away the cargo once it's refined to its sell point. You're going to have a ship that's handling refueling, and you're going to have a ship or two that's doing uh, uh, security, that's flying a combat air patrol. This is this is group activity, and it's I'm here for it. I'm excited. Fleet ops can't wait. <clears throat> All right, anybody else before we move on to elite? The last thing is we're at the threshold, if not already. I haven't checked the funding in the last few hours, but we're about to hit 450 million, and frankly, that's because the funding has been absolutely unprecedented for the last three months. It really feels like the greater world is starting to notice that after years of being a joke, Star Citizen's finally starting to get there. <clears throat> yep. What we're getting at this point is a lot of new backers and they're getting involved and they're getting in, you know, some of it's going to be the whales, some of it's going to be, you know, whatever, but a lot of it I think is new money, new backers as the project is getting um, sort of, expanding out is becoming much more let's let's say that part of it might be people leaving other projects but part of it is also just people seeing that this project is maturing and getting to the point now where it doesn't seem like a pipe dream it seems like hey i can play this now and yes this loop and this loop and this loop aren't there but this loop and this loop and this loop and this loop are there and i'm gonna enjoy it so yeah hell yeah uh, I think there's a lot of people that are going to get involved with all kinds of commentary, some of it reasonable and some of it just stupid. Uh, whenever Star Citizen hits any kind of new precipice of like, hey, we're at this level, we're at this level, it brings out all the people that are like, still a scam, not a game, look at how much they've stolen now. And it's like, oh, you don't log in and play then, I guess. So, all right, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. But like... 
I guess without getting too deep into the whole thing, we should definitely take a moment to salute CIG for, you know, for, uh, hey, congrats. You guys are, are, are killing it. Yeah, so they're at $449,982.682.654. So they're less than they're $18,000 away from that mark. Anybody they got 18000 on them? <laughs> no? They right. made a million and a half dollars in the, in the past three days. Yeah. I think we need to move on. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So let's hop on to uh, Elite uh, Dangerous. Whoo. Whoops, I, I hit the button to transition, and I went to the wrong thing. So, Elite Dangerous, uh, what is there to talk about? Well, they did a live stream. Yeah, they did, a live stream. Um, for those of you who are like, well, but I didn't see the live stream. What, what was it? Well, we got you covered. Let me uh, pull up, hold on, let me pull up the Discord, and then I will be able to tell you what it was. So... Uh, recording booth, the live stream notes that was asset seven. Here we go. So for those of you who didn't catch the live stream, we have the details of it up on the screen for you now. Uh, it started off with them going, hey, we're in front of a green screen. Then a couple minutes later, they did stellar screenshots, which is people in the community bringing you screenshots. Then they did, hey, we got Twitch drops. Then they did, there's a buckyball race out. And then Honest Arf was like, hey, I think I'm going to try to do the race. And he failed at that for like 15 minutes, 16 minutes. Then uh, Brucey, little Brucey, decided he was going to do the thing and failed at that for another 20 minutes. Then it goes on. This is, okay, they crashed trying to get out of the gateway. Arf then Bruce crashed, then Arf crashed, then Arf crashed, then Bruce crashed, then Arf crashed. And then at that point, the guy that was making the notes just said, ah, never mind. Like, that was the live stream. The day before this live stream came out, they made a announcement officially on the forums to say, hey, man, remember how a year and a half ago when we released this? The, the, the planetary system kind of was fucked. It was tiled. And you guys saw it, and you put it on the top of our list, this this big list of, like, these are the top issues that need to be fixed. And uh, we told you we're going to get on that. We're going to work on it. Yeah, well, that's been a year, and we finally got an answer for you. The answer is we're not doing shit. It's not worth it. It's too much time and effort. It's going to cost us time and effort. So, we're not going to do anything. We've waited a year from, we, we made this whole point and said every month we're going to follow up on this top issues of the complaints you have. Because we understand you guys are so angry. We're going to deal with these top issues. We've put it off for a year. Now we think nobody's paying attention so nobody won't care anymore. So now we're going to quietly announce on the forums, hey, fuck off. We're just not going to do anything. Officially, that was there on the forums. And then the day after we make that announcement, we have this live stream where they didn't even 
mention it. They didn't say, hey, we had to make a tough decision, whatever. The community management team, the people whose job it is to manage the community, didn't mention their own post the previous day. Instead, they showed that they're two fucking morons that can't get out of a space station to do a race for two hours and said, hey, we got Twitch drops. Have fun with that. That was their live stream. Now, wait, wait. there's more. Yep, but wait, (laughs) there's more. Did they do anything else with regard to any development news whatsoever? No. The only news they gave you was a year late and bad news, and it came in the in the in, in the form of we're not doing anything. So have fun with your absolutely nothing, because that's what we're gonna give you. Followed by the next day, we have a brand new hey we have this new arcs pack you can buy it is a very cool it's a very cool retro looking fucking hey man nasa looking spacesuit thing how much is it wait 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 wait. let me let me just please let me get this out it's like a very cool retro spacesuit thing there's like three different fucking patterns or colors or whatever you can get and they're 16 thousand arcs each so this is my response to that please to enjoy waiting for it to show up on the screen because of the delay and there you go frontier development fix elite in any meaningful way nah 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 push out more arcs bullshit to squeeze out every last penny from suckers hell yes that's my F Dev Drake right there. That's F Drake. Uh all right. It's open it up. Everybody go for it. Bad. I don't know what more you can say. I mean the insult of I can I've said it before, I've said it in a couple of different discords. Ignoring the, the tiling issue, that to me is not a huge deal because I believe since about update nine, the tiling issue isn't as horrible as it was. Yes, you can still find it if you're looking for it, but if you're not really, if you're just playing the game, you're going to say, ooh, look at the sunrise or the sunset, or ooh, look at that, look at this. You're not really going to see that kind of stuff. But but to just say we're not going to do it because it's too hard and it's going to be too many resources, and then not tell you what they're going to use those resources on, that that's just poor marketing I I don't know what else to say about it and then to have the gall two days later to charge 16 and a half thousand arcs for a 1960s looking spacesuit I mean come on this company is a joke at this point in time I love Elite Dangerous I get people still love Elite Dangerous and if you are playing with playing Elite that's great I have a lot of friends that are still playing Elite I at this point don't understand how anybody in their right mind could support FDev with the way they've been behaving. Mm. Yeah, I I've that stream. The one thing, you know, as we brought up in the beginning of the show, I'm a community manager by trade as well. The one thing I learned being a CM is that if you don't know how to play your own game, 
the community is going to pick up on that real quick. Mm. And I have never seen this level of incompetence and like <laughs> lack of professionalism. I don't know how they continue to be taken seriously, like Tweak said, by anybody in the community. Everything I've seen with Elite is a company that will communicate for a few months, promise communication, and then go dark for half a year. Six, seven, eight months until something they do pisses off the community, then they start talking again, and then they go dark. At this point, like, as somebody who grew up in an, an abusive relationship, uh, this reminds me of my relationship with my ex-wife. Y'all keep saying that they still love you, and they're not going to hate you anymore, and they're still hitting you. So, I don't fucking get it. <clears throat> <laughs> like, this is just... To say they don't have the resources, the truth of the matter is they don't want to spend the resources. They have moved devs off of the team. As Tweak said, they're not telling you what new resources or resources are going to anything. And the people who could probably fix it aren't there anymore anyway because they've left. I'm noticing a comment in the chat. Somebody is saying, I don't play Elite. Can someone tell me what 16,000 arcs is? How much is that uh, conversion? So sixteen, the 16,000 arcs package is nine... Nine great British pounds and 60 pence or $13 US dollars. So basically, it's 13 bucks for a spacesuit and go fuck yourself. We're not going to fix the galaxy. We have lots of money. We're just not going to spend it on fixing the game. So to play devil's advocate for a moment, sure. but stay with <clears throat> me on this. Um in the post, they talk about how fixing the issue would require, you know, it's a deeper, it's a deeper problem. It would require an involved amount of work to do and a regeneration of the galaxy. And that's why they're not doing it and they're directing the resources elsewhere. They never By said itself, where they're sending them, though. Well, no, we don't know where, but just by itself if you ignore everything else and put this this tiny piece of information in isolation that is entirely credible and completely rational because as people have said in in this very show it is a bit of an edge case at this point it's something that you can see out there but it's not a showstopper that appears 100% of the time or even 75% of the time it's very much a small issue with a big amount of fix. Here's the problem. Here's well, hold on, go hold ahead, on. Go ahead, but let's th wrap this up. That's the yeah, I am. That is completely valid. They they're making you know the best of the situation. But man, if only somebody could have thought about this before they push the button to release it. If only this could have been avoided. But we all know that's completely impossible. You can't possibly fix things and go through three or four revisions before you just release it into the world and say, we're done. So here are the two that's problems. Impossible. Here are anyway, the two problems with that statement. Even in a vacuum, here are the two problems with it. Number one, if your only answer is going to be, we can't do anything with it, why wait a year? And number two, if your answer is we can't spend any resources on this because we're spending resources on other things, what? Where the fuck is it? It's been a year. Show me where. 
It's a year later, and you still haven't commented or committed to doing anything. The only thing that they have committed to or commented on is shit they're not going to do. They're not going to do VR. Go fuck yourself. We got your money. They're not going to do consoles. Go fuck yourself. You're dead to us. They're not going to fix the planets. Who needs planets in a space exploration game? We haven't got any new spaceships in six, four, five fucking years since we got the Crate Phantom and the uh, 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 Mamba uh uh in 2017 5 years now there we haven't heard anything that they're gonna do we've only heard a year after this thing was released what they're not gonna do and this is why content creators everywhere us fucking uh um listen to the bloodbath that was last week's uh uh guard frequency talking about this uh go Listen to the video that Just Dave put out like today that literally was entitled uh, 2022 is the year that Elite died. Go listen to Obsidian Ant. Fucking Ant is the sweetest, most gentle, most kind, most polite fucking little British person who's like, you know, oh, this can be concerning. Wow. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. But holy shit even he was like this is completely baffling and they're not saying what they are doing and they haven't committed to anything and clearly they don't see this as game as a service they're telling us they do but they don't because they're not treating it that way and clearly they're not putting in the effort they have the money they're just not spending it like ant was being brutal but like only because it's honest uh to be it, clear, I completely agree with abs- absolutely everything. None of what they're doing is defensible. Just the technical point about it is true, but it's their fault that they put themselves in the situation to begin with, and then they took a year to tell us. So, hundred percent. All right. So, let's. We've we've heard from me. We've heard from Elix. Let's bring in uh, Wolf, and then Rain, and then Chad, and we'll let Tweak close it out. Go ahead, Wolf. So. From my experiences, because I actually tried to go out and look at this whole tiling thing. Um, aside from the hand-picked, like, here's the ones that look bad. Like, I've not really noticed it, and I've noticed it less and less um, as the patches wore on, like like Tweaked was saying. So, it doesn't make sense to completely upend, overhaul, regenerate the galaxy which when I hear that, I'm thinking like how they had to regenerate the rings when they put Tritium in the game. I don't think we have a player base that can, nor has the appetite to go remap every damn thing in the world. So, you know, they're not going to actively, quote unquote, kill the game, for lack of a oh, better yes, they are. way of saying it. But they're going to... They're acknowledging that, okay, this... Y'all complained a lot, but maybe it's not as bad as, as everybody thinks it is. I, I don't know. I don't get to see behind the scenes. Okay. What what troubles me is that we had we had the post from, from Braven. Mm. Hey, we want to move the game forward. We got storyline we wanna do. We want we want things to develop. So we can't do that with consoles, two code bases, consoles are out, bye. Like oof. We're not going to spend the time to do the thing with 
the tiling because it would have to regenerate the whole game and we don't we don't think the the juice is worth the squeeze. Okay, cool. Where's the story? Where is what you're working on? Yeah. It's very troubling that that piece isn't there. They've told us what they're not doing. They have yeah. still a year later not told us anything that they are doing. Yep. That's that's really all I have to say on that. It's like, okay, cool. You're you're taking out your roadblocks now. Fucking start driving. Okay. Uh, Rain, you're up. Yeah, um, from a technical standpoint, I agree. Um, it does not make sense. Dr. K is gone. I'm sure that the people who are there in her stead have nowhere near the level of understanding of the systems that she built that she did, considering she built them. But, you know, she did have a team. And... Regenerating the entire galaxy would probably be like the absolute legitimate death blow to the game because I I I don't know maybe maybe elite players would love the galaxy to be regenerated so they could go <laughs> remap the zero point six percent of it that they've mapped over the last decade or whatever. Um, I don't know. This is just it's still the it's even to the devil's advocates. This is saying things to me as a dev and a gamer that is with a team of 750 people pulling in just as much money every year as Star Citizen is every year, you're saying you don't have the resources and then you're not telling anybody anything else. And I'm kind of worried the message that that is sending, which is mixed signals to your player base that you don't think the game is worth it. So I don't know. I I think I think I'm with Just Dave on this one. I think this is the year that Elite Dangerous ceases to be actively supported by Frontier. I give it like you said, Kai. You've said time and time again, five six more months and then we're done. I really I I believe that. That's what I believe. Mm. I mean, they get the story started. They still haven't done that. Chad. Yeah. Well. Go ahead. Chad, you're muted. Yeah, hello. Drink. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. So I watched the stream, and Arf said about four times, "We're well aware. We're well aware that you want your know, console transfers or upcoming dev information, but we have nothing to share with you right now." Twitch drops, and it's like so they they keep on telling us. You know, I've I haven't played a lot of Horizons, like 50, 60 hours. So I'm not really that invested in it. But to see another space game that I know lots of my friends love to play, destroyed by the, the very people who made it, is kind of really sad. Mm. And the fact that they haven't given one piece of information that says, and we have this coming, or we have this event, or we have this new thing that we're doing, and all that now that we're no longer worried about consoles or repeating patterns on planets. They haven't said one word of anything of what's to look forward to in the future other than the stuff that we're not going to be doing. Twitch drops. Yep. Oh, yeah. Everybody saw we had up there the, the, the breakdown of their thing, and it was literally Twitch drops. Here's pictures you made. We got a green screen. And here's us trying and failing horribly at getting out of a station for two hours. Yep. Uh, I guess you're closing it out, Tweet. Bring it home. All right. To the naysayers that say, oh, you guys are being too harsh. You're being negative. 
after all, in the next paragraph, they did say that would take up resources that we need to use to possibly give you new updates and mm -hmm. new DLC and mm -hmm. new this and new that. Mm -hmm. So again, they're dangling the carrot saying, we promise there's good stuff coming. Just believe us. Just believe us. Follow us this way. It's the same thing over and over and over again. I think this is um, Stockholm Syndrome, I believe this is called, kind of thing. Mm. Yes. It, it's, it's really, to me, it's a case study in how to ruin not just a game, but a formerly successful development company. Because if you look at their money statements now, last time I looked, they were about 70% less than this time last year. And the last thing I will say is I don't want to put words in her mouth, but with everything that has gone on over the last year and now this kind of stuff with the planet tiling and everything, do we really have any question why Dr. K left? I I think, yeah, I think that it's, I have nothing but the utmost of respect for Dr. K and when you see what Frontier is doing, if I worked there, I would be looking to leave as well. So, yeah. All right. Uh, we are way late, so we're going to close it out for tonight. Uh, everybody on the count of three, say goodnight to the beautiful people. One, two, three, go. Goodnight, beautiful good people. Good night. Good night. We love you. Nanu, nanu. Peace. Drink up, me hearties. Yo-ho. <laughs>